Every word of God is pure. It's tried. It accomplishes what God sent it to do, right? It's working in you to, to perform something that can't be performed any other way. The word of God. Now, I've been uh, focusing on faith for the last few months. And what I wanted to do is, is in the sermons, I wanted to, to preach some of the implications of what, what we've been going over. Because, see, there's a, it's, it's by, the, by the foolishness of preaching, not, not discussing. Now, that discussing's good. We like discussing it. You know, and there is some preaching in discussion, I've noticed. <laughs> but see, it's by the foolishness of preaching, and, and this has got to be maintained. In our generation, this has fallen to the side. God is in preaching. Yeah. See, he opens ears through preaching. So faith, I want to talk about faith, that it's the victory. Faith is the victory. It's not as faith should be the victory. It's not faith might be the victory. Faith is the victory. So do you want to be a victorious person? Then you're going to have to live by faith. Amen. Everything you do is going to have to be driven by faith. That's right. Amen. In this consideration, I would like us to examine the distinctions between the old man and the new man and their impact on our life and on our death. They do have implications. Faith has implications. And if it's not worked out in you, well, it won't go well. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, how would 1 John 5.4 read if it reflected the meaning of the word faith? Instead of just using the word faith. Yeah. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the, wor- the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even the substance of things hoped for. Yeah. See, that the, this is the truth. There are some things in heaven right now that you only gain access to by faith. That's right. Amen. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even the evidence of things not seen. In other words, if you live with a full persuasion of these things, you will overcome this world. You will. You'll be victorious. The devil will not be able to turn you aside if your focus by faith is cast into heaven. Where you can see God on the throne and Jesus at his own right hand administering the kingdom. When you see that, when you believe that, when you're living by that, there's nothing the devil can do to drag you away. Nothing. He has no power over faith. None. He can't take your faith away. He's got to try to talk you into laying it aside. When the substance of heaven is not hoped for... There is no faith. This doesn't make any difference what people say. When you're not hoping for what God's promised, something's wrong. When the evidence of things is not seen or it is ignored, who's to blame? The one who at one time had faith. Let it go. There is no victory over the world where there is no faith. There's none. A person may say, well, I'm doing okay in my business. Well, that's fine and well, but the business is going to fade away. You're going to die someday. And only, only those who live by faith are going to have a favorable outcome from dying. Where there is no faith, 
There is no life towards God. None. Zero. Say, well, I got a little bit of faith. No, you don't. Even a little bit of faith can move a mountain, right? Faith is the victory. It leads you to do things that you would never do if you didn't have faith. So it doesn't really matter how hard you try. You cannot get favorable life signs from a dead person. You can try all day. You say, well, I'm going to check him again. You know, he doesn't stink yet. He looks kind of, he's still got color. Let's check it again. You can check it all day long, but if he's dead, he's dead. Dead is dead. There is no more response. A person's spirit has left the house and it's gone to the one who gave it. Death always disqualifies a person from living. So if you're dead in trespasses and sins, you can't hear God. It can't happen. How's how's that going to be remedied? He sent Christ to take away our sin. We could be regenerated. We could live by faith. We could hear God (laughs) by faith. See, nobody, nobody, I think this sounds simple, but nobody ever asked a dead person, uh, maybe you could cook dinner tonight. You know, just prop you up in the corner. Could you cook dinner tonight? Or how about, could you get a job? You've been sitting there for a month. You do nothing. You just sit there. That's what dead people do. Dead people, they're not home. Their body's there. This to show. I think a lot of religious services are like that. Now, I'm not degrading. I'm saying it's wrong. Right. It's wrong to say I love Jesus and not live by faith. Amen. It's wrong. See, what it does, it disqualifies you from the blessing. The blessing God wants to bless. He's given unto you faith. Now you have to keep the faith. We're involved in it. He's the one that gives us the gift, right? And now he's the one that's going to give you the grace to keep it if you'll just press in. You press in. In other words, you got to let go of some things and get a hold of other things. And when you do that, you'll get the blessing. The new birth is not optional. It's, it's not like, well, if you can find time, it would be nice if you were born again. Then I could do some other things. And you know, God doesn't do anything in you until you're born again. See, well, well, he gave me to believe that was in order that you might be born again. That's right. Now, if you never get born again, if that never happens, then you frustrated grace. That's right. Grace is there. It's available. It's able to lead you to salvation. To empower you to believe. But see, can't be frustrated. It's not optional. It is a necessity if a person's ever going to receive anything from God. You got to be born. Jesus said, You can't enter the kingdom. You can't have anything to do with God without faith. Amen. Being born again doesn't mean anything. See, listen, born again, what does that mean? Nicodemus said, I don't know what that means. Well, later he knew what it meant. Later he knew what it meant. See, when faith came, when faith came, First John 5, I'm going to read 1 through 5. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, I want to emphasize through this whole thing, what he's talking about, the whosoever and the whatsoever. He's talking about the new man, Christ in you. He's not talking about a woman or a man. He's talking about what God's birthed in you, what's born of God. Amen. That part can't sin because God can't sin. 
It's just like God because it came from God. Well, this is a lot, a lot of a lot of talk about this in the commentaries. What God births in you is something He will receive. That's right. It's it's a new man. It's not like the old man. It's a new and a living way. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Means we love other people that have been born of God, right? That's right? People that are born of God, you meet them somewhere, doesn't make any difference where. All of a sudden you identify with them. Why? Because they're born of God. And you're born of God. So it's like meeting your brother. That's right. You're out in the middle of nowhere, you've never met your brother before. But you meet him and you know, you're my brother. You're my sister. Why? Because you've been born of God. God's in you. And your spirit, see, your spirit won't. It, it just, you ever notice that your spirit just sometimes just won't be silent? You, you, you meet someone, you don't know why, all of a sudden you're talking to them about the Lord. And they go, they're talking to you about the Lord. And next thing you know, I met someone who's born of God. See, and so we love them. We love those who are born of God because we love God. By this, now this is interesting. He's going to give you a condition here. By this, how do you know you've been born again? If you love the people of God. That's just what he got done saying. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God. So when you're known of God, when he's, you've been born again and you, you love God and you give him your life, when you meet somebody that's in him, you'll love them too. And this is how you know. If you don't love the people of God, there's something wrong. And the root of it is your faith. Everything we have from God is brought to us by faith. And if you don't have faith, you don't have any of it. It's all gone. How does one become born again? Well, that's not our work. <laughs> Say, well, try real hard to get born again. No, God, this is the, the work of God. That's what it is. Born of God. You can't be done without God. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous to us. Have you noticed that when you started walking in the spirit, living by faith, anything God asked you to do, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. You just had to de determine kind of like, I'm going to do what God said. Now, how could you come to that determination? Faith. You, see, in other words, when God said or led you to believe whatever you, you're, he wants you to do, you've seen it by faith. This is God wanting me to do this. And as soon as that happens, your faith energizes your will and you desire to do the thing. As soon as your desire matches his commandment, grace is given, you can do it. Amen. Now that's God working in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. <clears throat> For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. <laughs> they, well, did he say anything different, really? See, up here he says, he that believeth Jesus is the Christ is born of God, right? Well, if, you, if, you, if you're born of God, that part of you that's born again overcomes. It, see, the part that's born of God won't just sit down and say, yeah, everything's okay. No, no, it'll alert you. It'll say, well, you got to get this out of your life. You got to get this out of your life. This is not in line with faith. God didn't make that. God didn't put that in you. 
See, there's a war going on, right? There's a war going on, and it doesn't really matter outside of you until you get remedied what's inside of you. You you say, I'm I'm a specialist in condemning other people. Well, look at yourself. Examine your own heart, and you'll find there's some work to be done there. There's always some work to be done there. I'm still here, so I got to figure I got to keep fighting the good fight of faith. There's some work that's got to be done. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. See, faith, I think, has been undermined. And they just say, well, I have faith that when I turn on the switch, the light's going to turn on. Well, you don't need faith for that. You just need to know how to wire a light up. What you need is you can, I can see the switch. I can see the light. I can see the panel. And if you put two wires together, you can see the electricity. The question is, is that can you see things that you can't see? Amen. Can you see into heaven? Well, I'm going to tell you, by faith, you can. By faith, you can see him who is invisible. You can love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength if you're living by faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? What does he look like? What does he do? What's his chief desire? He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you can't do that. Flesh and blood. He told the disciples, flesh and blood hasn't, hasn't revealed this to you. Remember, they said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Yes. Salvation is not magical. <clears throat> it's spiritual. Amen. There's a big difference. We live in a magical age. People make everything about magic. They don't realize the magic is of the devil, right? It's of the devil. He can't do anything spiritual. He can do magic. In other words, he's deceiving. What is really magic in this world? It's usually a deception. They deceive you into believing that this thing just vanished, but it really didn't vanish because it was never really there. So what happens? you're, You're deceived. But see, faith doesn't lead you to be deceived. It leads you to be able to see the real substance. There really is salvation in heaven right now. He's at the right hand of the majesty and high Christ is there. By faith, you can see him. Now, when you can see him and you have a new heart, he created a new heart. Then you want you want to please him. Now, see, once that's once those two things are together, well, Who's able to stop you? Who's flesh and blood? It can't inherit the kingdom of God. So when you see that, when you understand it by faith, that there's nothing in me of myself that can benefit me, then you'll crucify the flesh. Well, why would you do that? Because you have faith. You believe what he said about it. Faith is the substance. Faith is not a product of human emotion. A lot of religions is all about human emotions. I remember as a child going and seeing them all hyped up. There's all human emotion. And afterwards, I heard him say, oh, it was a really good service. They didn't say much about Jesus. It wasn't much about the truth, much about heaven, much about our eternal inheritance. It wasn't much about faith. It was all about feeling good. 
That, faith is not a product of our human emotion. It's a gift from God. Amen. God gives it in order that we might know him and believe him and obey him. Yes. Faith is the evidence of something that already exists in heaven. It's there. Amen. Now, the question is, can you see it? And until you see it, you will not obey God. Faith is for believing. See, you will never believe without faith. It'll never happen. But with faith, you'll be able to... Why do you, why do you believe God? Because by faith, you can see him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I could talk to somebody on the phone, but if I never met him, I really don't know him. But see, it's not like that. Yes, see, is. faith... It, it brings the goodness of God to your heart. You're changed into the same image. Now, that image can identify and fellowship with his image because we are of God. We are of God, brethren. <clears throat> the law was like a photograph of unseen realities, but faith is not a photograph of good things. It's the possession of the good thing. See, you actually have it right now. It's, and that's why you can overcome. That's why you can stand in the day of trouble because you, you have the substance. It, it's a residing. You have the possession. It belongs to you. Why does it belong to me? Because God gave it to me. The question is, will you hold on to it? Keep the faith. Keep pressing in. Now, having now, this is this is my own. They edified me. I hope it edifies you. The law being a picture. Now, having several pictures of my table saw may properly represent what a table saw looks like. Yeah. If you have, maybe you even have some more pictures where the material's cut and it's sitting there. It shows you what the table saw is capable of doing, right? But until you possess the table saw, you're not going to experience the benefits of having a table saw. You look at the picture, you say, it's beautiful. But until you can make something with it, it's just a thought. It's a, it's, it's. Yeah. But as soon as you have one, now you can get to work. Now you can produce something. Amen. See, faith is the substance. It's not like the substance. Right. It's not like the evidence. It is the evidence. Amen. Faith. Amen. God gives it. And it takes us out of the realm of the imagination and into the realm of possession. Yes, we possess well, all the goodness of God right now. And if we live by it, it will deliver us from a lot of trouble. I think a lot of people have been told that if they'll just repeat after me and say these magical words, then everything will be all right. But an honest and sincere heart, they want, some, they want more than just a picture of salvation. They want salvation. Amen. They want to know that their sins are gone. See, that's when you have confidence. That's when you can go out and you can confidently overcome the world when you know my sin's gone. I don't have to sin anymore. Faith will lead you to that conclusion because that's the reality. It really is real. Your sins really are gone. Amen. So faith causes the possessor to be filled with righteous expectations of God. Amen. See, uh, by faith, I, can, I know God's good because he's been good to me. 
I know God can take away sin because he took my sin away. Now, when you're fully persuaded of that and you have these righteous expectations, you can go out into a world that's lost and preach God, preach Christ, preach. Tell them what God's done in you. Actually, your greatest testimony is what God's done in you. You can tell that. And that has power. I used to be lost. I'm not lost anymore. I follow in the lamb wherever he goes. Was it people say, well, how is that possible? Well, just li- keep listening. The gospel is clear. God, God has a desire to save you. But the question is, is, will you believe? Will you respond in faith? If God gave you faith, would you keep it? Or would you trade it for some of the baubles out in the world? Of what use is believing if it doesn't make the person righteous? See, if faith, by faith, you're not possessing the righteousness of God, then really it's just a big smokescreen. It's just something you say to make you feel better about yourself. But I'm here to tell you, it's real. You can possess salvation. Salvation can possess you. And it can bring you all the benefits all the benefits that are in Christ Jesus, they belong to you right now. All the promises of God in him are yea and amen to you, to you who? Those who believe. If you believe the record that God gave of his son, then you are one of his chosen. This doesn't happen by accident. God worked in you. And now you want to do his will. Amen. What, what is that? What do you mean you want to do? You have faith. See, faith, it moves you to do whatever he says, whatever, because you know he's, God is not going to ask you to do something that's not right. Holy Spirit's never going to provoke you to sin. He's going to provoke you to, to love God, to press in harder. He's going to show you things that are to come. The righteousness, which is a faith, speaketh on this way. The righteousness is talking to us. It's speaking things. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith. Well, we've heard a lot of misunderstandings of the word of faith, haven't we? They take that. That's like a slogan. This word of faith. Whatever you say, God will give it to you. You just say it out loud and God will give it to you. It's one of the biggest lies in the world. That's right. What's God going to give you? Exactly what he promised. That's what he's going to give you. And that's all he's going to give you. And of course, that is all. What God's promised is the fullness. You can't get any better than what God's promised us. That's right. See, when you don't see what God's given you by faith, when faith isn't, when you're not living by faith, you don't understand the fullness of the blessing. But when you do, you see it. There isn't anything more I want. Amen. It satisfies. Yes. Faith brings you to, to, to a God that's satisfied. The word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. That's the truth. The question is, is do we believe it? By faith, we say amen. 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 For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. That's true. See, he give us a new heart. A soft one, one that he can work in. Yes, yes. And he gave us a new mind, one that can, 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 when we see it, 
can understand it and know what to do when the time comes. <clears throat> For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it does matter what we say. We just got to say the right thing and for the right reasons. Being saved is infinitely harder than any man has fully perceived. Salvation is not an easy thing. It's something God had to do. That tells you how hard it was. He didn't ask any, any other man to work salvation. He sent the word and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and it, it knew, it experienced what it is like to live here. What did it do? He, he, God, laid sin on him, and he took it away. And then he rose from the dead, and he sent it into heaven. And our brother is in heaven right now, sitting at the right hand of God. And when you see him as he is, he's altogether lovely. But see, how are you going to see him as he is? By faith. Faith gives you that vision. Why? Because it changes you. You're changed into the same image from glory to glory. But it's by faith. We're not saved through the possession of a plan, but through the possession of a man. See, when Christ is in your heart, when, you're, when Christ is in you now, what does that do? That produces hope. Hope. God's going to do what he promised. Amen. I know that because my brother's sitting on the throne right now. He is. He's my elder brother. What it says in the Bible. Amen. In other words, he knows, he knows us, and he can minister grace to us in the time of need. He had to die, and we're all headed towards that, right? We're all headed towards laying down our this life. Now, he could come right now, but we still have to be changed. But see, Jesus can minister to us. We don't need to go to anybody else. We don't need psychologists. We need Jesus. Amen. Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit and spoke these words. He says, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren. Remember, this is on the day of Pentecost. You got 3,000 or more, probably more. Men around there, they come for the, the festivals. And Peter stands up. They misunderstood what was going on. They said, you're drunk. And he stands up. And this is part of his. He says, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Christ Jesus, it's preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe could be justified. No, they are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Why? For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. <laughs> this is something God does. See, Peter was, wasn't saying this is a hypothetical. I might, we might... He's telling you what God did when Jesus died. By nature, all mankind is born with the nature of their progenitor. You can't get out from underneath this. This isn't something that you say, well, not me. No, no. You're, if you're born of a woman, you've been born with the nature of your progenitor, which is Adam. Now you say, well, I couldn't get any more unfortunate than that. I read what happened to Adam. He sinned. Yes. So now that nature that he received at the moment he sinned and he fell is passed on to his seed. Now we have it. It isn't a question if we have it. We have it. 
question is, what, what's, what are we going to do about it? Well, you know, all peoples of the earth have this witness in themselves. See, it isn't like, well, maybe I don't have it. No, you, if a person's honest, they know they have it. If a person's honest, they know that by nature, they're the children of wrath, even as others. They know that they want things that are wrong. If a person's just honest enough to examine themselves, they'll know, I, I'm, I want to do bad things. Things that are wrong. Of course, now, when the world around you normalizes sin, then it becomes more difficult. Yeah. But it's there nonetheless. Whether or not a person will acknowledge it, they're a descendant of Adam, and they're born with a nature that's contrary to God. And they have a witness. They possess a nature that wants to, is capable of, and has a desire to do evil things. When any person has a strong desire to do something, whether it's good or evil, they will actively be looking for an opportunity to do it. And that's the problem, isn't it? You say, well, I'm controlling myself today. I'm doing a pretty good job. But what about that moment when you're weak? And, and you do something that you know you shouldn't have do, which is sin. Well, how'd that happen? Well, you're born with a nature. One that's contrary to God. Now, a person may say, well, well, it's not my fault then. I was just born with this. So it's, not, it's not my fault. No, whoever, whoever does sin is the servant of sin. So see, this is the thing. It isn't, you're not condemned because you were born with the nature. You're condemned because you sin. That's right. You sin. See, it's against God. All sins against God. You didn't believe him. He didn't seek him out. He was right there. And why? For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Now, I know it's not fashionable to say that, but it's the truth anyway. It doesn't make any difference if it's fashionable. They were made sinners. So, so, why were they made sinners? So, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Now, see, now a person's going to have to have faith to even understand what I just said. In other words, God, God's been managing salvation from the very beginning. God, unknown unto God are all his works. Now, look at this. All, we all fell into sin by one man. One man sinned, and it affected the whole race of men. One man obeyed, right? And now he's the head of a new, new race. a new race of men, a, a, a new and a better race of men, an eternal line. See, men's line, they can go and die out, but Christ's line will never die. <laughs> All those born of Adam have his nature, so they're living out the disadvantages of one man's disobedience. They, well, they, I got these handicaps, they don't belong to me. I, I, I got them from my progenitor. Yeah, you did. And they're made sinners. In other words, eventually, just wait around and they'll sin. And anyway, this isn't a hypothetical, just look to the scriptures. There's many, many accounts. Eventually, the nature comes out, right? What's in you comes out eventually. Well, now that's good news if you see it right. If you're in Christ, 
See, if you're in Christ, in other words, he's showing you something here. There's a, there's a precept that he's teaching. All those born of Christ have his nature. <laughs> so they're living out the advantages of one man's obedience. God's kind to you because Christ, what he did. What did Christ do? He did all things that pleased the Father. He sent him here and he did everything. He kept it. He <laughs> and so now God blesses you because of him. So the, see, God, salvation is of the Lord. It's not by works of righteousness that we've done. Now, if this was the end of the matter, we could just go home, right? Everybody's have a smile on their face. All right, I, I believed. I, I had this old nature. And, but hallelujah, God you know, gave me Christ's new nature, and now everything's good. No, this is the beginning. This is where you start. He didn't eradicate the old nature. He put a new one in you. And the question is, is which one are you going to feed? Which one are you going to give attention to? You got them both in you. You got Adam's nature, which is defiled, right? It has deceitful lust. It wants things that are, re- that, that are good for you. Things that are against God. But now you got this new man. And this new man, he, he wants to please God. He's going to please God. He can't sin. He can't. Amen. Can't. Now, now so, so which one, which one are you? See, this is, this is the big dilemma. And I don't think this is being told people today. You come to Christ, you say, I want to be a Christian. Oh, this is going to open up a whole new line of temptations and trials and situations. But if you live by faith, you'll be able to rule over them. You'll rule. Yes. If, you, if you're living by faith, because without faith, it's impossible, please God, and it's impossible to pass the test without faith. Being born again is not the end of the work. We do need to be born again, right? It's the beginning of the work. It's where it starts. In other words, it's where, speaking as a man, it's where things get really interesting. See, before then, you really didn't have anything to compare sin to. Sin was just like relative to you, right? You'd look out and say, well, I haven't murdered anyone, so I'm not so bad. But then you excused all the sins that you did because they weren't as bad as murder. So when Christ comes in, he says, no, look, we're going to work together on this. The Holy Spirit comes in, he starts showing you things. That's not right. Say, well, that doesn't say it in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit said this, says that's not right. And what does faith do? Faith says, I, I'm going to crucify it then. I'll crucify it. Amen. This is God's working right now. God's working salvation. He is saving you. We're not saved yet. We're still here. We're being saved. We're being delivered Amen. day by day, choice by choice. Two natures are now actively at work in you, each with opposing desires. Now, this, you know, they have a medical term. It's called schizophrenia. We don't have schizophrenia, brother. We don't have, we're not schizophrenics. We're not. Okay. See, the, the thing is, is that when schizophrenics, this is all in their head. This is real. There's a new man in you. <laughs> it's holy and righteous. Amen. But there's the old nature, too. 
This is, can, can't really be understood independent from knowing God. As you, as you see him, as he gives you to believe, then you, he'll start waking up your senses to this. Hey, this is real. I, I don't have to sin anymore. Where'd that come from? The new man. The new man says, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to leave me behind. And, and, of course, the old man is perfectly fine with that. They never really got along with the new man anyway. But, see, faith is the another faith links you to all the promises, all, all the provisions of God. So if you're living by faith, it strengthens the new man. And he can have dominance. See, really, there is no comparison between the old man and the new man when it comes to strength. The new man is the strong man. It's a strong man. It has the greatest capacity. You can work on Adam as much as you want, but he's never really going to get strong. He's going to do his own will. But the new man is created in true holiness, right? Righteousness. That's what he prefers. This is what it says in John 1, 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. You are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because... Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That old nature, if you see it right, it cannot have dominion over you if you'll just walk in the spirit. Amen. In other words, if you live in harmony with the things that are already in heaven, you'll be able to squash every desire of the old man. Say, well, why? Because it will be revealed. You'll see the implications of what he, he'll say, why don't we just... Uh, why don't we just go over here and do this? And you'll say, no, no. I say, well, why? Because that would defile me. I'm going to sp I would rather spend time with God than do that. Yeah. Now, see, when that's happening, you say, well, this is an intense warfare. When that's happening, it, it doesn't feel bad. It feels really, really good. <laughs> now, it doesn't, I'm not talking about feelings in the flesh now. Talking about, you see, it energizes your spirit when you realize that God's in me is working in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God accomplishes a work in the believer. Now, at baptism, he makes it possible for you to obey God and crucify the flesh. What happens in the operation of God when he when you go under there, he circumcised, he makes a separation between the old man and the new man. And now you can crucify the one and give heed to the other. Now, that wasn't possible. See, before you were baptized, before this this operation of God, you only had one man. He wasn't an old man. He was the man. But now God's made this distinction. And now we can, we can serve him acceptably. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man ought to be crucified with him. No, it is crucified. God did that for you. When he, when he baptized and he made a separation, he crucified the old man. He put him on the cross. And when you came out of that water, only thing you had on your mind was, I want to please God. What is that? That's the new man talking. Amen. The new man. See, he's, so what do you do? You start feeding the new man. You start digging into the scriptures. You start listening to good preaching. And next thing you know, you, you, you want to please, you want to please God. Well, I tell you, now that's conversion. That's what conversion is supposed to do. 
So, I mean, if you come out of the water and you don't realize there's two different natures, which isn't automatic, so you're going to have to understand, you're going to have to have some training. How do you know what's going on? Well, you got these desires. What are you going to do with them? Two natures are now actively at work in you. They're looking for an opportunity to control you. Which one will control you? Well, the new man, this is the truth, is only as strong as your faith is. That's right. The new man can't do anything unless you'll give heed to him, listen to him, and walk in the spirit, and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's not like all of a sudden you become Superman, and there isn't anything out there that can defeat you. You just roll over everything. That's not how it works in spiritual life. It's that you have to follow the Lamb, submit to him, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, see, he'll, he'll give you the victory. It isn't like I'm just, once I'm, I've got, I went down in the water, I was baptized, now I can go do whatever I want to do, and God doesn't care anymore. Well, that's the biggest lie that's ever been said. God does care what we do. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit. That's why he's given you a new man, so you can do righteousness. <laughs> Actually, if you're not doing righteousness, there's something wrong. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to do unrighteousness. The new man's not ever going to do unrighteousness. So if I'm involved in it, there's something drastically wrong. Amen. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Now that's what it says. So somewhere, somewhere along the lines, we have to rectify this in our, in our mind and hearts. If I'm doing anything that's outside the will of God... I'm, I'm satisfying the, 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 the desires of the flesh, the old man. Until that's eradicated, we got serious conflict going on inside. Because the, the new man's not going to just be satisfied and say, well, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, I'll just sit here. He's, he's jealous for God, right? He's going to, in other words, your conscience is going to be... be, 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 be Nagging you, right? You ever, you ever, you ever had a nag? You ever somebody nag you? Well, see, the, the, I'm, if the new man's nagging you, listen. In other words, if you're convicted, if you're doing something, and you and you know in the back, you say, "Well, I know in the back of my mind, that's the new man talking." He's saying, "Don't do that. Don't, because God will curse you if you do that." This is much more serious than what a lot of people think. It's much more serious. You say, well, it's just a little. It was a mistake. Sin is not a mistake. Amen. It's not like I just oh, accidentally committed adultery. I just accidentally stole something from the store. No, you didn't. You did it with purpose because you had a desire to do it. That's the old man. Now, the new man, what did he, what did he say? Well, you, you never feel guilty for doing anything the new man wanted you to do, right? You never, never, never prayed right and pray in the god and say well i'm sorry i shouldn't have prayed no see the, the new man will lead us into righteousness have fellowship with god he that committed sin is of the devil the devil sinned from the beginning right the the devil's bad right jesus good 
Tell you, I think this is like the level of most religion, you know? Well, we shouldn't do what's wrong, but, you know, we always do it. No, we don't always do it. We don't have to do it. By faith, we can overcome when we're trying. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might coddle the works of the devil. No, that he might destroy them. And this is the real thing. When you, when you grow up into Christ, you see he's going to destroy the works of the devil using his people in you. Who can destroy the works of the devil in you? The new man. The new man can do it. Now you listen to the new man, you walk in the spirit, and before you know it, be, you'll, you'll be casting down imaginations. And every vile thing that comes, you'll cast them down. What's happening? God's using you, the person that used to be overcome, to destroy that work. In other words, you're proving that it's wrong yeah. to listen to the devil. When sin is recognized to be the work of the devil, and, and we, we just had a class on this. It was marvelous. When the sin is recognized to be the work of the devil, then it can be properly addressed. And that's the only time. you got to know what's going on in your own body. But as long as a person thinks the sin is just a mistake, well, you know, it's not so bad, right? Well, I'm going to bring this to a close. Paul is ministering to the new man. Every time you read in the scriptures, one of the apostles is ministering. He's not ministering to the flesh. He already knows the flesh is deceitful. The flesh is defiled. He's ministering to that new man. So it can be made strong. Because when it's strong, that will overcome that. So you'll crucify the flesh as long as you're walking in the spirit. The old man is corrupt. He's always going to be corrupt. He's not going to change the old man. The new man's righteous. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. We have life, real life, eternal life living in us. The question is, is, is will you give way to that? Does anyone really believe that when Jesus said, to the man with palsy, take up your bed and walk, that he was really just trying to encourage the man that someday in heaven you'll be able to walk again. Just, you know, just be encouraged. No! <laughs> when Jesus spoke that word, it came with power. The word came with power to obey it and do it. Yeah. And so what did the man do? He got up and picked up his bed, and he walked. Why? Because Jesus told him to do it. He believed him. He believed. And picked up his bed. Well, fleeing fornication. He says, flee fornication. That's no difference. There's no difference there. I say, how am I going to flee? You're just going to have to walk in the Spirit. You're going to have to believe. What is... <laughs> Why is God doing this? He's proving that righteousness is effective. That, that, that Jesus at the own right hand, his own right hand administering the kingdom, it's effective. Yeah. The new birth is effective. Amen. Oh, well, why is things in such a disarray out there in Christianity right now? Because people stop believing. They're, they're not following the Holy Spirit. See, you can't follow the Holy Spirit and commit sin. You can't. Amen. See, God's making his righteousness known in those who believe. So if you believe and you crucify the flesh, 
You'll have confidence in yourself that you're accepted by God. Now, what would a person give for that? To know, to have confidence that God pleased with me. That's what he's made possible in the new and the living way. We're not home yet. We're not home yet. We're still here. But we're on the way. So let's be diligent, brethren, in making our calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. Praise the Lord.